there's uh, I think you can have success in different areas of your life if you want to be you know the best husband or father you could be uh, or the best broker you could be and you probably have goals within that um, smaller subset goals um, so success is just um, you know uh, setting goals and achieving your your goals and you know, those goals may look different from you Yona and they'll probably look a lot different from me your network is your net worth Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss. With me today is our very own Mark Allen, how are you doing today? Good, Yona. Thanks for having me. Sunny Dallas, Texas today. And, and as I understand it, you guys are, you know, pretty, you guys opened up the economy, one of the first, right, yeah. out in Texas from this uh, crazy pandemic. And you guys are, are living it up over there. Yeah. Yeah. I was just telling Yona that um, I had a client fly in a couple of weeks ago and, and he lives in New York City. And he said, I felt like I stepped back in time whenever I came into Dallas. We went right to dinner and it seemed like there was a sense of normalcy. Everything was back to normal. Um, you know, I, I guess our COVID cases have increased a little bit here in Dallas. But uh, uh, yeah, it's 90, 91 degrees out. It's sunny. And um, it seems like the real estate market is back in action, at least when it comes to multifamily real estate. Yeah. And so we're definitely going to touch on that because Mark is with, uh, with Greystone. Let me just... Pull up a little bit so you know who, who we're dealing with over here, the one and only Mark Allen, because I, I probably have a bio somewhere. Well, if you don't know Mark, he is one of the top brokers at Greystone. You know, previously with Marcus and Millichap, right? You did a little bit with a little here, a little there, right? You, you've been in the multifamily industry for, you know, close to a decade, right? And closing deals, you know, left and right. So, let me love to hear a little bit about your background because you came from, um, as I understand it, playing Division One football mm-hmm. at at uh, West West Point. West Point. Yeah, so one of the top, you know, top schools. Obviously, the Army. And mm-hmm. so, what what was that like? Yeah, so I I was uh, my goal in high school. It was probably you know it was my sole drive was to. Um, go to college and play college football and not at a smaller school. I wanted to play against the top competition. So that being said, I had offers from a lot of different schools across the country, most of those uh, smaller schools. And again, I wanted to play against the the top competition. So I had the Air Force Academy and, and West Point, which is uh, Army football, yeah. um, United States Military Academy at West Point, which is in New York. They recruited me. And um, I, as soon as I got the letter and it had army on it, I said, there's no way I'm never going into the army. <laughs> my mom said, well, hold up. That's, that's West Point. That's a really good school. You got to think about your education. And uh, so anyways, I did a little exploration. I, I ended up visiting um, both the Air Force Academy and, and West Point. And uh, it just really drew me in. I mean, it was like, if, if you've ever been to West Point, it, it looks like if you've seen Harry Potter. It looks like Hogwarts. It's, uh, a lot of, of gray stone, and it looks like a castle. 
it's beautiful. It's on the Hudson River, right off the Hudson River. And it's just got a ton of history. So uh, that drew me in, although it's it, it, what I would call the road less taken compared to, you know, a typical university. Um, you get a, you get hazed your freshman year. You have, you know, duties where you serve the upperclassmen mm. um, at any time. You know, they, they can ask you to quote, what are the next three meals for the day? And you have to say it in a certain, you know, standard. Um, so anyways, very, very different lifestyle, very different uh, than, than your typical education. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like it. And that probably gave you a lot of, uh, of the muscles, you know, so to speak, you know, th- that you use to persevere. And I mean, it sounds like, you know, not, not just literally muscles, but figuratively, you know, to help you become one of the top brokers, you know, multifamily brokers in, in this the city of Dallas. So, which, you know, is one of the top markets in the country, if not the top market in the country. So what was your transition like from college football, right? College, right? Obviously into, into real estate. Uh, well, sure. I guess there was, there was a step between that, which was actually, I had to serve in the military in the U S army. Oh, really? Yeah. But, but going back, I, I just to say there was a lot of, um, disciplines that were instilled at West Point. And I would say that um, it, at least one of the things you're drinking from a fire hose and they want to load as much on you uh, and stress you out as much as possible because they know once you graduate West Point, you have to serve in their U.S. Army. Um, and when you're in battle and you're faced with a lot of different scenarios, you know, they want you to be prepared. So I think that's ultimately definitely helped me um, as a broker with, you know, time management and just, you know, discipline and some of those things. Yeah, well, thank you for your service because I didn't realize that you actually, you, uh, you served as well after being in college. Yeah. So that's incredible. And are you still involved at all with, uh, you know, with the military? I know there's, there's a lot of people who are still involved with veterans and, and those yeah. type of affairs. Yeah. Uh, no, not today. Um, once I completed my commitment to essentially pay back my education, which was actually five years at West Point, I went to the, the prep school, West Point prep school at the time was in New Jersey, and then went in, uh, to West Point, at, which is upstate New York, about an hour north of New York City. Gotcha. Yeah, and like I said, so uh, I did go into the Army after, but my, my first real estate experience was actually at West Point. So um, all the academies and ROTC programs, knowing that you're going to be a commissioned officer and you're going to come out with a uh, second lieutenant salary and, and kind of have that guaranteed paycheck by the government. Um, they offer a, 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 during 2009, it was a, a uh, $35,000 loan at half a percent interest. And I took that loan and my dad said, you're going to buy real estate with this. This is a great time to buy real estate. Wow. Um, so he's like, I'll help you find a deal. My, kind of taking a step back, my dad is a, um, still, still today, he's a general contractor in Orlando, Florida. He, he builds a lot of spec homes or he'll take land and develop it out, build, you know, 10 single family homes in a little boutique neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what he's doing today. And his parents have been real estate brokers and investors on the single family side. So it was kind of in my blood, I guess you could say. And uh, so we found a foreclosure. It was a two bed, two bath condo in, in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, which is about an hour east of Orlando, for those that don't know. 
And um, I, I bought that and you know, put a little bit of money into it, fixed it up, rented it out. And I said, well, hey, this, you know, this passive income or this cash flow thing is kind of cool. So um, I, I took that and ran with it, got out into the army and, and just started meeting with some other real estate investors. And I mean, really just figuring it out, uh, some different strategies. I was a broke second lieutenant and I didn't have much money and um, I was do using some creative strategies some little to no money type strategies with wrapping mortgages and whatnot, which helped me build up a little nest egg. I was doing some wholesaling. Um, so that helped me build up a little nest egg. And then eventually I was, you know, adding rentals or flipping homes and some of those, some right. of those things. Which, right. um, yeah. I mean, that sounds like you had that in your blood. Like you're saying, you, you went into it already knowing something. You had a little help, you know, getting your feet wet right in the, right, right. in the beginning, which, you know, is, very fortunate of you and, and you you also had a lot of experience with with single families right and right. to the point that you know just a little plug over here you, you just authored a book right called buying in oh, bulk yeah. right all right. about single family portfolios so what what was that you know in terms of if you could elaborate on the difference in your own experience between the single families you know versus the multifamily yeah, so there's going to be trade-offs, I think, uh, positives and negatives for, for each, call it asset class. You, you know, when you think about the time, you, you get economies of scale with multifamily. And if you're going to try to build a rental portfolio and, and build this passive income stream, um, it, it's a little more difficult to do or it takes a lot more time to do with um, buying one-off single-family homes and building a portfolio versus buying an apartment complex. You know, and then on the other side, for example, uh, with a single family home, you know, typically three bed, two bath, or maybe it's a, you know, two, two, typically you have larger, you know, unit mixes, uh, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And with that, you have lower turnover, your tenants stay for a longer period of time, right? Because you may have families and, and they just tend to stay you know, for a longer period of time. And you have lower turnover costs and, and some of those things. Um, actually had a client tell me he owns about 3000 multifamily units. And he's got about 800 single family homes. And he told me that when you look at my portfolios, multifamily versus single family, my single family turnover is around 20%. And my multifamily turnover is around 39%. Really? Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. just two examples there. But no, it's, um, a, it's a great fact, you know, thing to, to think about a factor because obviously the economy, the pros of the economies to scale when it comes to multifamily is really talked about a lot. Uh, but you know, is there a way, because you, you know, talked about in this book, Buying for Bulk, is there a way to do economies to scale in single families as well? Yeah. So the whole premise of the book was, you know, I start with a little history about the institutionalization of the single family rental product, where you had some of these REITs or hedge funds coming in. And it was the same back in multifamily um, in the late 80s and into the 90s, where uh, it, it was very new and has, has really matured over the last uh, 20, 30 years. Um, well, we saw this happen during the Great Recession. And, um, you know, since then, we, we've seen even Freddie Mac and uh, Fannie Mae try to, you know, dip their toe in the water uh, because, you know, financing is, is difficult when you're buying a commercial, yeah, uh, with a commercial sure. loan, single sure. family rental portfolio. You know, interest rates are a lot higher. You know, it's a recourse loan. So, you know, that, that started to be an exciting time. And I think, you know, they're, they're kind of not really sure if they want to get into the space and, you know, who knows what it'll look like in 10 years from now. 
but anyways, going back to the book, so I, I shed a little light on the history, kind of where it's at today. Um, I go into the call it pros and cons of you know one-offs versus buying in bulk, yeah. meaning buying a single-family rental portfolio uh, versus multifamily, uh, and then I just go into the how-to, you know, how to how to find, how to finance, how to operate and manage um, things to ask property management companies if you do decide to hand off to third-party management company, right. uh, so on and so forth. Okay. That's, that sounds great. Sounds like a good, a good read for anyone out there uh, looking for something. What do you see right now, like the market going on? I mean, obviously things have definitely slowed down for a period of time when everyone was in quarantine, everything was locked up, but yeah. you know, Texas has been open for a number of weeks. Have, do you see the market, you know, picking back up to speed like, like it was beforehand? Yeah, I do. It's, I mean, obviously it's going to be market by market dependent um, and probably even sub-market by sub-market dependent, you know, depending on the, the quality of lo the location, the quality of the asset as well. So I'm going to speak specifically to multifamily because uh, that's, that's what we specialize in. That's what in you do. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that being said, I, I, I mean, I don't see the unemployment benefits uh, changing anytime soon. If you look at history, with the Obama administration, they were very willing, along with the Fed, to provide unemployment benefits all the mm -hmm. way to through 2013. Although that recession, you know, technically lasted 18 months. Yeah. So, you know, obviously they're going to they're going to change and and it's going to alter. But um, I, I see the government to continue to help with regard to unemployment. You know, rent, rent collections. I think that was a big concern with regard to the rent collections. As we progressed from March to April to May to you know to June, everyone was, you know, well, what are April rent right. collections going to be look like? Then you know they were strong. And then, well, what are May rent collections going to look like? Well, you know they're strong. So we, we've seen sentiment, investor sentiment, continue to pick up. I interviewed Mark Belsky from Eastern Equity on my podcast yesterday, and he was talking about just you know the amount of liquid. Everyone knows. I mean, the market is just so liquid right now. There's yeah. so much cash in the market. And people are, are hungry for yield. So I think what's come out of this is multifamily as an asset class is going to be uh, a very, you know, strong, high performing asset class now and in yeah, the future. It's going to continue to be. Yeah. And so just, just a quick uh, plug on that also, Mark is the host of Multifamily 5. So check yeah. that out wherever you listen to podcasts. But that, that is very in, insightful. And are you seeing the same players in the space? Obviously, you mentioned like there's a lot of liquid in the market right now. People are just hungry to buy. They're hungry to find. But are the same players um, that you saw, you know, six months ago, are the, the same people, you know, looking at deals, trying to close deals right now? Yeah. So I, I really focus on, um, we'll call it private to middle market where it's, uh, you're, you're five to about, um, you know, upwards of maybe $35 million transaction. And I would say more <clears throat> of our transactions are really five to 20. So I would call that more, you know, private, uh, boutique, uh, where you have your, your syndicators that, you know, I know you you're connected with many, um, that meet at, you know, a lot of these networking events and they raise capital, um, right. amongst their circles from you know white collar uh, business professionals such as doctors and attorneys um family and friends uh, that being said i would say you know early on like through march april 
and maybe beginning of May, it was a, a lot of those private syndicators just because of you know their equity and, and who would invest in their deals. Mm-hmm. There was just a, a lot more uncertainty. And uh, I would say they really kind of fell to the wayside. Really? Um, whereas, you know, those with their own capital, you know, high net worth with their own capital with real estate experience, um, family offices, uh, those were those were the two that, you know, really were still targeting uh, deals and said, hey, you know, maybe if I can come in at a 5% discount, I, I think this is going to be kind of a V or a U shape and I can come in at a little bit of a discount and then that buyer seller price gap will will meet and you know they were taking some chance or risk but it sure. you know as of today it seems like that may work out well it's it's very promising to hear that uh you know there's still a lot of action going on and it's interesting to 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 note that there's kind of different players coming into the scene a much heavier and and I think we expected that right i mean people have been sitting on cash just piles of cash and you know, a lot of the private you know the fa- family offices for example have are kind of testing out and seeing that, hey, multifamily is per- performing better than a lot of the other assets that we've been investing in until now. You know, yeah. certainly this, you know, the stock market and, and things like that. Let's put some, let's put some more cash into those, into those assets. Yeah. And, and I do think we are seeing a little bit of a shift, um, you know, for, for those that may have been more focused on other asset classes that uh, aren't, aren't doing as well as multifamily, mm-hmm. um, or maybe they weren't in multifamily at all. And they're saying, hey, I think multifamily is something that we really need to uh, take a look at when we consider our uh, portfolio. So, um, and also going back, I would say that at least in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, we have seen some of these uh, private syndic—I call them private syndicators—that um, are going out and raising equity uh, from their family and friends that are, you know, coming, coming back into play um, and, and chasing, chasing deals and, and being competitive. Well, it's, it's also good to hear. It's important to note that uh, <clears throat> there's still a lot of opportunities, right? Yeah. And our, our sellers, I heard from a bunch of people recently that, that I've been speaking with that uh, who were considering selling properties and then they, they decided to hold back and, and take their properties off the market. Was that something you saw as well in Dallas? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of properties that were taken off the market. And uh, it <clears> seems <throat> like as of mid-June, there, there's a, a little bit of a wave of properties coming coming back to market, um, really depending, again, on, on uh, the specific deal. And now, right. if, that, you know, if the rent collections remain you know, strong um, you know, throughout the last few months after the stay-in-place orders were enacted, then uh, yeah, th- those deals are probably coming back to market. But if there was any kind of dip or there's, you know, some uncertainty on maybe lower quality assets, you know, that, then they're probably looking to uh, to hold off for the time being until they catch up or um, or whatever the case that may be. Sense. I mean, I, I had we had a couple of deals that we signed up and and, um, and put on hold. We are bringing I think two back out here soon. Um, and another one, unfortunately, just told me yesterday that he's going to, uh, they're going to refinance the property. So, you know, there, there are definitely some portfolio level decisions being made. Right. Um, well, you know, if we don't sell, do we hold or do we refi? And, um, you know, I, I think some of those deals will end up being uh, refinanced. Versus, yeah. uh, being- well, especially with the, uh, the interest rates being as low as they are right now. I think, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. A lot of people are, are considering that. So, yeah, I just want to 
just shift gears right into the final four right now. Is that all right, Mark? Okay. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. So what's the worst job that you ever had? Uh, so I've, I've really only worked, um, when I think about it, three jobs. Uh, well, four, if you include my high school job, uh, sweeping or helping my father out on construction sites, like, you know, job cleanup and, you know, running electrical or whatever the case may be, helping with flooring and stuff like that, because he would still take on trades. And I, and I would do that during the summer, which is the hottest time, you know, anywhere in yeah. the United States. Um, so <laughs> I, I would say that's probably up there. But second, I mean, the Army, some great experiences. However, I would say it got to a point where I was like, you know what, I, I would prefer not to go out to the field for a field training exercise and, you know, not sleep a whole lot, uh, not shower for weeks on end and uh, eat food out of a bag. So um, I, I would say, you know, again, some great things about being in the in the army, but um, probably not my favorite job. It's not a good fit for me. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, it's you have to be the right type of uh, right type of person to be able to benefit from it. <laughs> you know, yeah. what um, is a book that you've read that has given you a paradigm shift? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I'm a spiritual guy, and um, the Bible has been just a, a book for me, and I'm a Christian, so the, call it the Holy Bible, um, which in, includes the Torah, uh, as what we call the Old Testament. But just reading from, from cover to cover the entire Bible and, and having a relationship with God, I would say, for me, that's just been a paradigm shift um, and, and really changed my life for the better. And I know that's not like there wasn't been a maybe there has been a business book. A lot of people named Rich Dad, Poor Dad or right. something like that. But I'm going to go with the Bible because, you know, a business or, or job is you know just one aspect of your life, but probably not the most important. hundred percent, of course. And it's interesting because you, I asked the question, you know, what's giving you a paradigm shift? Because I don't want to just say, you know, what's your favorite book? And people think it's, it's a business podcast and I got to say something business and you know, quite surprisingly, quite a few people have, have offered, you know, suggestions of books that are, are not business related, which obviously half the people have chosen rich, rich dad, poor dad, right? but the other half have been, you know, a, a great kind of variety of different things. So I'm, I'm very fortunate, you know, and grateful that you chose the Bible because that, that is something that has given me a paradigm shift as well in my life. Yeah totally changed my life, you know, when I started to, to dig deep in, and study into it. Um, and yeah, so let's move on to the third question, which is what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? I think, I think it'd be really cool to learn how to fly a plane. Um, you know, just to hop, if I could have a little small plane, hop in it and, you know, go to the coast of Texas for the weekend or something like that. Uh, I doubt it's something I'll ever do, but that'd be a really cool, cool skill to have. Well, yeah, that definitely would be. If you put your mind to it, you for sure could do it. Yeah, just, it's absolutely. just a question of making the time for it and making it a priority. What, um, what does success mean to you, Mark? Uh, so I, I, I put just achieving your goals. I just wanted to make it simple. So, I mean, th there's, uh, I think you can have success in different areas of your life. If you want to be you know, the best husband or father you could be, uh, or the best broker you could be, and you probably have goals within that, um, smaller subset goals. Yeah. Um, so success is just, um, you know, uh, setting goals and achieving your, your goals. And you know, those goals may look different from 
you, Yana, and it'll probably look a lot different for me. Absolutely, yeah. And achieving those goals, that is, you know, that's every, every achievement of any goal is a success. So that's a, that's a great answer. Where, where can our listeners find you, Mark? How can people reach out yes. to you if they want to? Yeah, I, I try to stay active on LinkedIn, probably not as much as you, Yana, but... I don't think anyone's um, active in me. <laughs> <laughs> the LinkedIn king. Um, so that being said, uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, it's under Mark Allen. And again, I work for uh, Greystone. Yeah, funny enough, there. I know you know the other Mark Allen. There's two Mark Allens in our market. Uh, what a coincidence. We, we both broker multifamily. So I am the Mark Allen with Greystone. You can also reach me at mark.allen. That's M-A-R-K dot A-L-L-E-N at graystoneisg.com. Yeah, those would be the two best. Awesome. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking the time here today with us and uh, you know, sharing some knowledge, a little bit of background about you and you know, what's going on in the current market. So thanks again for coming. Yeah, thanks, Yona. Appreciate the time. Yeah. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope to make it back to Dallas. There's plenty of people calling me back to Dallas. <laughs> in fact, yeah. I was just there literally like the day before, um, you know, this whole COVID thing, like a couple of days oh, before no this whole thing happened, uh, yeah. you know, kind of broke down. Anyways, I want to thank you. I want to thank our listeners for, for tuning in once again. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.